Hello and welcome back to Running the Table. I am your host, Keith, and today will be a follow-up episode on our previous one, The Zone of Truth. I highly recommend that you go give that episode a listen if you haven't yet. And today, we'll be breaking down a bit more of the story and diving into some of what happened, where things went wrong, and what could have been done instead. But before we jump right into it, I wanted to first remind you of a couple things. First, please send any questions or stories that you may have that you'd like read on the show to rttpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can tag at running the table on Twitter. You can even find Running the Table on Facebook and message us there. And second, if you have any comments or suggestions on this storytelling style and approach to discussions, please send them or comment on the episode below. Okay, let's dive right in then, shall we? The DM in this story, You Can't Handle the Zone of Truth, posted on Reddit by user the Rune Raccoon, has a penchant for something that I find seems to afflict many a relatively new dungeon master or game master when they first get really into telling their stories. Railroading their players. Railroading, or putting the players on tracks without control, is a big no-no as far as overusing it. While there can be certain moments where it is either unavoidable for plot to progress or excusable in small doses, railroading is definitely not something you want to become known for as a DM or a GM. Now, in this story, it starts pretty early on, during session one, that this player had joined, as the group chased after a druid. Along the way, they were waylaid by an unexpected opponent, a half-orc, who refused to let them pass. Now, maybe as this was intended to be a political intrigue campaign, the players resorted to violence. And let's first put aside the idea of putting an obstacle in your party's way. That isn't something to avoid. That could be a great way to give them some excitement, introduce a bit player, or even just explain through actions that this druid has some level of clout with some group. But the combat that ensued gave us our first example of the DM mishandling something with the player who wrote this story. The player uses a class feature, Path to the Grave, which should impart some amount of disadvantage on the enemy that they're facing and make combat a bit easier. A feature that grave clerics in Dungeons and Dragons use in order to impose this kind of weakness pretty frequently. In fact, it is their channel divinity, a cleric-specific feature. And this is how grave clerics can aid their party in combat. However, the DM explains that the half-orc seems immune to necromancy. Let's step aside here for a moment to say that even though the DM may have been incorrect in assigning necromancy to a channel divinity feature, which is not necromantic or even magic. The DM is allowed to make these kinds of calls in many, many games. Uh, something along the lines of, you use your channeling connection, your divine connection to death and the grave, but the half-orc seems unfazed. And you have a sense that it didn't take hold. And this could be because 
the enemy used a legendary action, or maybe they had an item that granted them immunity to this specific class feature, either because of its channel divinity, or because this specific channel divinity happens to be a curse. So the DM wasn't necessarily wrong to make the combat a bit more challenging by imparting some level of resistance to a class feature. Still, I find this attempt relatively clunky at best, and a reactionary how-dare-you-resort-to-violence-in-my-intrigue campaign retaliation at worst. All told, it isn't the worst thing, and the DM did blame it on an item, which the players then were able to loot from the enemy. However, the DM seems to frequently bring the encounter back up, according to the writer, often in a guilt-trippy way, talking about murdering this person. So I have some suspicions of my own about what may have been quote-unquote meant to happen here. I think that this dungeon master wanted to force the players to interact in some other way than a fight, whether that be sneak around, talk to, or otherwise not directly engage with this half-orc. Potentially, the DM even wanted to use this as a way to slow them down to give an excuse as to why the druid was already completed with the ritual that they're doing later on in the story. And their turn towards violence ruined a plan, a plot point, or a beloved character that the DM had crafted, or it otherwise took them off of the subtle rails that had already been laid in place. The DM wanted the party to approach it a different way, and jokingly or guilt-trippingly seemed to punish the players for quote-unquote murdering an enemy during that session and during combat. Later in the story, the player and companions confront the druid that they have been chasing. All told, this fight seems less of a railroady DM issue and more build-up or general complaint over being targeted by a chosen mechanic. I can understand this, though I would have pushed for the player to communicate a little bit more with their dungeon master. The only real railroaded aspect of this fight that I had heard was the DM's push tactic that shoved the player into the water away from the druid, so as to prevent the ritual from being interrupted. I would argue that this does fall under railroady, but I would also say that if the players had the ingenuity to fly over like the teller of our story did, maybe there were some other consequences that could have waylaid the players, such as the other players potentially getting overwhelmed by the sheer number of opponents they were facing, or interrupting the ritual brings the druid into the fight, and it turns out they're far more powerful than you could have ever imagined. You still get that sense of agency on the player's side and the plot point driven home on the DM side. Or maybe the players won. Maybe the druid simply wasn't able to continue the ritual, and that meant that all of the enemies disappeared, and they were able to arrest the druid and get some further information. If player ingenuity allows them to succeed at a task you had previously thought impossible, let them win. But now, we're getting into the meat of the story. The player, after an encounter with a spy, some increasing frustration at feeling useless, and general uh, ickiness, informs the DM that they will be taking Zone of Truth as a spell. 
They feel like they've been relatively useless of late, and they feel like this will definitely allow them to contribute more to the political intrigue of the campaign. Upon the spell's first use, the player is greeted with a male NPC reciting, The sky is red, the grass is blue, and I'm a ten-foot-tall woman. Now that's not exactly what you would expect from a character sitting inside a magical truth serum bubble. It's explained away, however, as some form of anti-enchantment gear, which all the higher-ranking individuals in this kingdom wear. Let's pause for a moment to discuss this. The DM was given advance warning that Zone of Truth would likely come into play. The DM was given this warning with the ability to then plan reasonable countermeasures or consequences, and also to make sure that it was acceptable in the lore of the world. The DM was given a chance to prepare a good retort, something that may have come up in the realm of technical truth, or outright refusal to cooperate under some legal protection similar to the Fifth Amendment right in the U.S., to refuse to incriminate yourself, or to refuse to recite political whatevers during a zone of truth. Or to even outright say to the player, Hey, sorry, I don't think I want to allow that because I feel like it could really give you an unfair advantage in this style of campaign. I think that I have to say that such magics are considered invasive or even outright evil, and while I'd like to be happy to well, I'd be happy to discuss further, it really could just end up ruining the game and making everybody else feel useless. Instead, the DM said, okay, take that spell. Instead, the DM gave every possible target of it a get out of the zone of truth free card. Instead, the DM chose to effectively say to this player, Your choices and progression are meaningless unless they progress the plot that I want to see progressed. I take issue with this. Now, I'd like to wrap up my discussion of this story for now with one last comment. Towards the end of the story, the DM outright changes how Zone of Truth works in order to ensure that the players are imprisoned for being forced to kill guards. This ends up being the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak, and results in the player leaving the group. Now, changing spells and their effects are not necessarily bad ways to handle things like Zone of Truth in political intrigue games, or, say, Goodberry in a survival-focused campaign. These are fun ways, they can be interesting ways to add some other aspect to the game, and ways to effectively make others feel like one player isn't suddenly absolutely necessary for the group because they've somehow broken an aspect of the campaign that you're playing. Sure, it may be within the rules of the game, so to speak, but that doesn't mean that it's every game where that's true. However, changing a spell's effect mid-game after it's already been used once without discussion or announcement beforehand just to make sure an outcome that you want to happen happens is the most railroady piece that I have seen in a long time. And I will always advocate for both storytelling and player agency 
And I have to say that if you're unable to adapt your story around player choices and unwilling to let them use the spells and actions that they should be able to in-game without reasonable discussion to changes beforehand, you did something a bit wrong for both yourself and your players. In a situation like this, there was a lot of simpler ways to avoid these kinds of railroading decisions. Maybe Zone of Truth always worked as lie detection, and that could have been communicated to the player when they took the spell. Or maybe the NPC in question who knew Zone of Truth could have simply lied about knowing the spell. It's still a possibility that there could have been legal issues surrounding the use of a spell like Zone of Truth. Or maybe even then, this case simply wasn't for the guards at hand to decide. Maybe in this city, guards are not law, judges, and executioners. Maybe they are just law enforcement. And maybe Zone of Truth could be cast, but only in court before a judge, the next appointment of which is about a month out. This judge would then evaluate their statements in the caster of the spell, but the players would have had to spend the time in between, whether a knight or 15, in prison. They may have even attempted to escape. Those are some ways that the DM could have helped their vision of what the plot quote-unquote should have been at that moment happen. However, I recommend attempting to avoid even getting into a situation where there's a sense of should-have-been plot, and instead allow the players to help you tell your story. Give them a chance to have a say in how the tale is told and what comes of it through their players' actions, through their characters' actions. Let them cast Zone of Truth to get out of jail and use their writ of authority as intended and let them live in that world knowing that those guards did not want them to get out. Maybe that means that the reach of their opponent is far far longer than they thought. Maybe now the paranoia starts to set in. Maybe they don't know who they can trust. Maybe, maybe, even Zone of Truth can be broken. You can set things up while playing off of a character interaction like that that may have derailed your plot to come up with an even better one. Give them something else to work with that they felt like they helped create. And honestly, if you can't do that and you can't let your players participate in the story you're telling, you probably just want to write a book. Thank you for listening to this episode of Running the Table, Dropping a Zone of Truth Bomb. Tune in next week to hear me discuss some very fun topics around character and plot with a very special guest, Tyler of Misrolled Adventures. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and comment wherever you listen. And as always, if you have any questions or stories you'd like to share, please send them to rttpodcast at gmail.com or tag at runningthetable on Twitter.